Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Dream Life Loading Podcast, Season 2, Episode 9. I'm your co-host, Sky, And I'm your co-host, Susan. How are you today, Sky? I am good. I know I mentioned last week that we were entering our Christmas era, and we are fully in it now. I have my baby tree here, <laughs> and we've done our living room and our kitchen, and the whole apartment is decorated. So I just walk around, and I just feel cozy, and it's... It's a great feeling. So I'm feeling very cozy, very festive. How are you? Oh, I love that. I'm so good. We have all of our Christmas lights up and I actually got out our Christmas decorations, which I realized we have so few of now that our space is so much bigger. So I'm excited to do some Christmas decorating shopping after Thanksgiving. Are you an after Thanksgiving setup person? No, not at all. I just need, I'm hosting Thanksgiving. So like my focus needs to be like, that and then I can do like the decor things. How many people are you hosting? I think 12. That's that's like this will be legit. Yeah. Are you excited? Yep. <laughs> I'm very excited. Yeah. I honestly was everyone is like, oh, what can I bring? Blah blah blah. So I really don't really have I'm not really in charge of much other than making sure the table's set and Chris is gonna cook the turkey. And I'm just going to kind of hang out and have a drink and have some fun. I love it. Oh, what a perfect way to like, I guess you had your housewarming party, but this is like, I mean, your first big holiday hosting, that's a big deal. Yeah, we're very excited. I think it's going to be good. Yes. Oh, I'm excited for you. I can't wait to hear. You can tell us all about it next week. Absolutely. Perfect. I'm very excited about today's episode. I am too. It was hard <laughs> to just start off with how how am I? It's like, well, I'm thrilled because we're going to spend <laughs> the next 30 minutes talking about Taylor Swift. How could we? Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Where do we even start? Uh, why don't we start with where we first were introduced to Taylor Swift? Do you remember? I think I will be the first to admit that I was not a Swifty until like I, t- I think 21. So it, I'm like a very, very new Swifty. Um, growing up, I was very much like Jonas Brothers, Hannah Montana. And I was like, you can't be both. I had it in my head that like, you couldn't, you couldn't like everybody. So I was like, nope, not her. And I will say that even now, I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I, I think everyone prefers the Taylor's version stuff, but like her voice wise, I think her newer stuff when she's like, has that matured voice and you can actually hear what an incredible singer she is. I, I much prefer that. So I think growing up, it was like, I don't like, like her voice sounded like, I don't know. I, I, I love Taylor and I don't want to like say the wrong thing because I really <laughs> love your music. But even now it's like I, I love 1999, but I I, li- I like listening to it more now because it's yes. Taylor and she's like matured and it sounds like Taylor. So yeah, um, yeah I very, very new. I think Anna Kate might have been the friend that like really introduced me. She's always been a big Swifty, but I've always known of her. I think it was Red Taylor's version coming out that was like that was the moment where I was like, okay, wait a minute. She is like, she's definitely worth getting into. And I had that internship and I spent like my 45 minute drive either way, listening to Red Taylor's version over and over and over again. So I think that's, I guess that's like really my introduction. I love that. I was five or six and it was actually Christmas time. And my dad, I grew up on like Faith Hill like that type of country music. And I remember my dad saying, "Um, have you heard of this girl, Taylor Swift? And I'm like, I'm five or six. Like, I'm not watching the news. So I was like, no. And at this time, I knew how to work YouTube so I could watch Faith Hill's music videos. And um, he was like, well, Faith Hill's the queen of country, but Taylor's the princess. And she's going to take 
her. She's going to take over country music. And I was like, oh, like she's so young. And so the first song of hers that I ever heard was Picture to Burn yep. and Love Story. And I remember listening to Love Story on like our old desktop computer that was in the living room. And I would play it, Love Story, the video on YouTube. And I remember dancing in front of like the Christmas tree. That's how I remember this whole like scenario. Um, so I've been a Swifty since I was like literally five or six. Since you can remember. Yeah. Wow. And then I remember like in middle school, it was not cool to like Taylor Swift. I remember one of my close friends being like, Taylor Swift, that's so dumb. Like, and I kind of, when 1989 came out originally, I remember people being so mad that she was doing pop music and they're like, stay in your lane or whatever. I remember liking it and just being like quietly in the corner, like, okay. Like it just, it like hurt my feelings that people were shitting on her, which I think is why it doesn't bother me now. Like with especially with the whole Travis and Taylor thing people will be like she needs to get out of football she's ruining football and I'm like okay it might ruin it for you but it's really enhancing the experience for me right and I like low-key love that I have loved her when she wasn't loved too because it taught me that it's okay to like things that not everyone likes I I really like I'm very inspired by that because I think I was pretty anti-Taylor Swift because of all the peer pressure it was like if mm-hmm. middle school girls are the worst, so is everyone's, yeah. if everyone's saying that Taylor Swift sucks, it's like, I was way too self, so I was not confident at all. I was like, <laughs> okay, fine, like, we don't like Taylor Swift, like, that's I definitely wasn't sticking up for her, that's right. for sure, but I also wasn't, like, I wasn't contributing to, like, oh, I hate her, I was just like, yep. <laughs> wow. let me go cry this when I get home. What was the first album? Do you remember like the first album that was like on repeat, you know, every single word? Yes. Lover. Because I had never actually listened to an album, like a full album until Lover. Yep. For any artist. And then when Lover came out, it was the summer coming back to UNH for our sophomore year. Yep. And I listened to it on the way down, which was a two hour drive. So I just listened to it on repeat and I knew all the words and... I don't know. Like I just, that was when my life, I started to get control of my life yeah. and I was very much still falling in love with Chris. And I think just the, both of those things colliding in conjunction with that music, it just like spoke to my soul. And now I, for the most part, I listen to albums, albums, like a whole album, yep. not just a feature song. Cause I was like the type of girl who only listened to the singles. So it was definitely Lover. And I had actually never heard a single song off of Reputation other than Bad Blood until I listened to Lover. And then I kind of delved back into Taylor Swift. And that's when I listened to Reputation and like read everything. Like I didn't realize she was missing for a year. I never stopped liking her music, but I didn't follow like, I wasn't following along that closely in middle and high school. Is Bad Blood on Reputation or 1989? Oh, mm. I feel like it's on record. I'll look it up. Um, no, I think that's a really good point. And I know I am definitely a much newer fan, but based on the way the media has been following her more now in the past couple of years than literally ever before, it seems like a lot of people like have always been fans, but the way that it's the top of everyone's conversation, like, whether you're a fan or not, it seems like she has really taken off, I think, because of the airs. Yeah. So you're right. Bad Blood is on 1989. 
So I guess I had literally never heard any songs on Reputation until I listened to Lover, got mm-hmm. back into her music, and then I went back and listened to Reputation. I had not heard a single hey, one of those songs. Reputation's the one album that I cannot get into. <sighs> Some of it, like, it's hard. Ready for it is a really good cor- uh, chorus, but I don't like the parts where she's speaking. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't do it for me. Endgame is good. It just, Endgame I really like. I like, um... He was mad. I think that's why, it's not like her regular music. And she yep. was so pissed at the way she had been treated for a year, which rightfully so. Yep. Um, And I think that just comes across. And I feel like you and I are both very non-confrontational. Like, we're in a space where we're not very angry anymore. Well, um, it, it sounds so different. Uh, yes. like she, she has like her country-ish, but very poppy, like indie vibe with Red and 1989 and Folklore Evermore and Lover has its own vibe. But I think Reputation for me is just like, it, it felt, and I mean, it almost feels like she's trying to be someone that she's not. And I think you're right in that she was going through such a, like, such a time where she was apart for being who she was. So she like, I don't know what she was thinking when she wrote that album. And it's not that I don't like it, but I would, I would put it very low on the list of her 10. Unfortunately, people say to me, like, if you take the time to get into it, you'll love it. And I keep trying. And it's like, I always just, I respect the writing, but I agree. It's not the same type of music. No, it's not one that I want to put on. And like, the other thing is we don't, I mean, neither of us were listening to her in 2017, especially where those songs weren't as mainstream. So we don't have any, like, emotional connection to it either, which I think is a huge part of Taylor's music, is that we have all these memories that coincide with them. Like, um, folklore, if I need to write a book, mm-hmm. that is what's turning on. Every single time, it doesn't matter. I can just instantly program my brain to be like, okay, we're writing a book now. But only to folklore. I can't do that with her other albums. I am like of all her albums. I think I wrote. I think my my top three are Red, nineteen eighty nine, and Folklore. But the, of the of those, even the one I'm most it's not my favorite, but the one I'm most impressed by is Folklore because it's amazing how yeah. in quarantine and COVID, when the whole world was just crumbling, and Taylor's like, "Fine, I'll write stories about." these characters that I'm going to make up and I'm going to make a whole album and it's going to be like this whole world that I'm just like creating. And I'm just so amazed by like the love triangle that happens and like the different characters that come in and out of different songs. And it's like, every time I listen to that album, like, Oh my God, wait, that one connects here. And it's just, and then she wrote the sister album to it. So it's just, she uh, COVID for so many people was so horrific and I'm sure it was for her too. But the fact that she was able to produce these two albums during a pandemic, write and produce is like, that's, yeah. I think that was the beginning of Taylor Swift, like really coming into her own. I think, I, th- yeah, I agree. What was your favorite song on folklore? Oh, I think August. And it's so lame. Cause I know it's like everybody's favorite, but August is good. I mean, mine has, mine has to be the one. Yep. And I don't like, I just, and you know what? The last great American dynasty, the imagery in that, I just like, I love it. I've been loving how people are using AI to create like, um, covers for her different songs and did one for the last great American dynasty. And I was like, oh my God, this is exactly how I pictured it. Or so it's so cool to see 
these stories and it's like we all it's almost like reading a book like that album really does feel like you're reading a book with the way she's created these characters and especially in in those songs and the one the I can I can't think of anything else now because she's been on tour but the when she's like leaning back on like the folklore house that they've built like yes oh like she changes the yes and that's the way it should have been sung I like that version so much better. And like, neither of us have been to the Eras tour, but I, anytime I listen to it, that's what I hear now. Cause I've heard so many little clips of her singing that one line. And I think that's another amazing thing about her is we would all wake up the morning after a show and go on TikTok and look for the surprise songs. And did she change the note in that one song? And like, what else happened? Like she created such She's always had a following, obviously, but this Eras tour has created a following that I don't know, like, what fan base can be compared to. Like, it's insane. You and I did not go to the Eras tour and did not have tickets, yet we were both completely infatuated with needing to follow what happened every yeah. single night. What tour does that? Yeah, no, like, no. I've never seen a fan base that, like, people are that obsessed consistently. Like, it happens, like, okay, yeah. what happened the first night, second night, whatever, and then, like, it kind of falls off. But, like... It's been months that yeah. we're sending each other videos. For, yes. My sister, who's in her 30s, um, sent me a text last night, well, in our group chat, and was like, I just saw the Taylor Swift movie for a third time. I want to see it a fourth. Everyone must see it. <gasps> like, if Nicole's telling you to go watch the Eras movie, like, you know this must be good. This woman does not take a break for anything, and she's taken three breaks to go see the movie. like. Have you stayed out late? What? Have you seen the movie? No, not yet. I'm so conflicted if I want to see it or not. I want to see it so bad, but we, the week that they had it here, we had company, so I couldn't go see it. And then now I'm just kind of waiting to be able to buy it, to live with it every day. I'm like, cause I, when it first came out, they actually were showing it here in Italy Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, Nick, like, let's book tickets and go. And he was like, don't you want to see if we can possibly go? Because, like, the European tour hasn't started yet. So, like, there is still a small option and a small place <laughs> that we could actually see her live. And he was like, I think we should wait because you don't want to go see that movie and then know all the things that happen in the concert. I'm like, fine, you're right. So yeah. I'm holding out hope for the possibility that we can actually see her live, which would be. She's a- going to Montreal and I heard that the tickets are much cheaper there. So I might have to. You, I mean, have you seen her live? No. I think you need to try. Yeah, I do too. Especially because I'm a little, I was not worried about this until this morning. I saw a TikTok and it was an interview with Travis Kelsey and he was discussing just about like how their career values and their family values are the same. And she's adding more tour dates and then she's going to end at the end of 2024. And I'm like, Ooh, like I don't think it's a farewell tour, but she very easily could be like, I just went on tour for two whole years. I now have my, let's hypothetically say fiance or husband or whatever. Um, and we want to settle down and just like live. Yep. I, I would very much like to see her before she, like, if she were to leave or not tour, I, I see her putting music out forever. Yeah. Um, but I see her not touring in the capacity that she's doing. Like what she's doing is insane. 
It it's it is insane, and I think you're probably onto something there. I'm not sure that she would stop touring, but I I could see her taking a break and being like, okay, I'm going to focus yeah. on this side of things for a couple of years, and then mm-hmm. I mean, it might be 2030 by the time she like who knows, you know, like who knows right. what she's planning, and like she might be sitting here being like, I'm going to tour every single year for the rest of my life, right. whatever, you know. But I I kind of am getting that feeling too that this tour has been so huge that it's going to mm-hmm. take at least a couple of years for her to put something together that can top it. Cause you know her, like she's always going to do something that's better than what she did before. So yeah. that's kind of, and I think that this is one of those tours that you're going to look back on in 20 years and be like, this was still the tour that people talk about. 1000%. And I just feel like I can't miss out on that. It gives me some glimmer of hope that we are, close enough to her age that we might not have to survive with her like I hope I hope I go first I hope I do not see the death of Taylor Swift because I just I can't fathom that can you imagine the world would stop like I'm already thinking about her her wedding and like her children if she chooses to have them like I guess if she chooses to get married too like all these different possibilities people are gonna lose it me included. Yeah. Like we are all going to collectively lose. We're invested. Yep. And I think it's like some people are probably like they're crazy. Like these people are crazy for being so invested in this woman's life. But she's also shared. Like she's let us in. She's you know she doesn't hate that we're involved. And I think she. I think she feels that sense of community. It's not. I think she feels like she's one of the fans. Like yes. the way that she interacts with her crowd and the way I've seen the Miss Americana movie, which yeah. um, like a million times, that one goes into like a little bit more of Taylor as a person and not even just as a performer. So she really lets you in, in these different moments where she, she really does want people to be a part of this. You know, like I think there's some fan, some um, artists where they don't want their fans or they get annoyed by the fans or whatever, but even like I, I've seen videos and stuff of her walking with Travis Kelsey, clear, clearly going to dinner or something, and she always will stop to like sign autographs or pose or say hi to fans. Like she is always right there with the fans. And I mean, we have to bring up what happened in the tragedy that happened in Brazil last weekend. Yeah. And the way like you cannot put any blame on Taylor Swift for what happened because you see so much proof of her throwing water bottles in the crowd. Like even the incident over the summer when she had to get that security guard like basically fired for coming at her fans during that one song. Like she is always right there to protect her fans. Yeah, absolutely. And I, did you see that people were booing when they postponed, like people were already in the arena when they postponed the show for Saturday to Monday and people were booing. And I was like, maybe they didn't like, we don't boo Taylor Swift. We remember what Kanye did. And then everyone was booing him and she thought it was her. Like she was still backstage. And I feel like she must've been like, just so up. And you know that she didn't take that lightly. Like she performs in the pouring rain until 3 a.m. for her fans. So she doesn't have to postpone shows. Like it was a safety thing. And I think it was a safety thing for her fans first, but also her. And I know that she had safety of her fans before her. But some of the videos that have been seeing from the must have been the Friday show, it was 60 Celsius. So what did you tell me? That's 140 140 degrees Fahrenheit. That's I mean, it's unsafe for anybody to even be outside for an extended period of time, let alone like look at the way she sweats and works when it's 
raining and cold out, let alone 140 degree weather. And you, I saw a few videos and it was almost like sad to watch where she turned away and like, let herself go. And you could see her face like dropped. She was breathing like from her stomach, really, really heavy, trying to catch her breath. And then the song started and she like snapped back in and it was like, okay, time to go. It's like, can you imagine the toll on your body mentally and physically? Like, obviously she A fan, a fan that came to her show had just lost her life, and now she's got to snap back into gear and try and put on the show in this weather that is like basically impossible to perform in. Yeah, it's like that's a pro, you know, and that's that's Taylor is like she. I think she would not have gotten this far if she didn't care that much, and like I, I can't even imagine care like the way that she's able to care about like you feel important, like even if you're not at a show, yeah. even like everyone that is in her community, she makes you feel important. Yes. And I don't absolutely. know. Like, I don't know exact. I can't pinpoint what it is that she does. She interacts with us though, too. Like remember when they were announcing titles to midnights yeah. and every night, every day she would like get on TikTok and like do a little thing and like play with us. Like she interacts with her community on a level that no other artist mm-hmm. does not yeah. even at her level, but like, I don't know any other artist who engages with their community the way she does. Nope. And her, the way she, conspiracy theory is not the right word, but like the way that she leads people down these rabbit holes, like everything that's happening. The Easter eggs. The Easter eggs, like the suspected karma album that's literally been happening since the, isn't that the man album? The man music video. video. So that's that's Lover. Years ago, and she's leading, stringing people along. Like, I remember with the Midnight's, what did she call it? The TikTok series, the Midnight's... Mayhem. Mayhem with me. Yes, Mayhem with me. When the phone was upside down, it was like, okay, now what does that mean? And, like, she messes with people. And, of course, when she said karma is the guy on the Chiefs, like, she says things because she knows it's going to drive people crazy. And it's like, she's laughing with us, you know? Like, she totally right on board. The world went nuts. I came downstairs that morning. I saw it. I like, I came upstairs. I peed. I saw the TikTok while I was peeing. I ran downstairs like, Chris, she, 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 she's like, I know. It's karma is the guy on the Chiefs. And, <laughs> and I was like, yes. Like even Chris who, so my husband is an NFL man through and through. And he was not loving the whole Taylor Swift thing because really? you know, reasons. Um, the classic, you know, guy thing. Um, but I have converted him. I have my Taylor's version NFL sweatshirt that I wear. It's my Sunday uniform. I wear it religiously and he's coming around now because guess what? I've been very into football and since Taylor and Travi boy have been dating, I've been in the top three of my fantasy football (gasps) league every week. Look at that. Yeah. Is Travis on your team? No, so we just pick like who's gonna win so that oh, it's okay. not too confusing. Yep. Um, but I have been doing very, very well since they started dating. So when I'm you- usually dead last for context. I have never won or even been in the middle of the pool for two years straight. So the fact that Taylor started dating Travis and now I'm in the top of the leaderboard is it's unreal. She's unreal. I mean, look at what she's doing. She's she's helping you with fantasy football. She, what what can't she do, honestly? Exactly. <laughs> I think the perfect way to wrap up our, cause I think we could talk about Taylor forever. And I, I took notes just cause I thought it'd be fun, but I knew we would really wouldn't need them for this, but I think we have to discuss her relationship because she's kept 
like I think people that don't know her music or don't choose to follow her or just know like the top stories about her, all they say is like she's just the girl that writes about her breakups and writes about her relationships. And to a point that is somewhat accurate, but like she has definitely clued in her audience forever on her relationship. So it's only Mm -hmm. that we talk about her current one. Yes, absolutely. Which now that you're saying that out loud, though, it actually makes me kind of laugh because she got dragged for that for so many years. Let's look at what Kelsey Ballerini and her ex-husband did last year. What's his name? He's so irrelevant now. What's his name? Morgan Evans. Yes, which I know what side of that I landed on, but um, it just it's ironic because there are guys out there doing the same thing. Yep. I I mean, not to talk about Kelsey, but actually, Kelsey Ballerini is such a fan of Taylor Swift, so I will happily talk yeah. about her on this episode. That EP that she put together, like, I have always been a fan of her, and that skyrocketed her career, and I could not be happier for yeah. her. That was so badass. Yeah, and it was so raw, and I love that she waited. I love that he released his, and hers was a response. Yep. Yep. Yeah, no, she's amazing. Uh. Travis and Taylor back to back to our power couple right now. (laughs) I love that he I saw this um, thing and it was like Travis is good at being her boyfriend and I don't think she's ever had someone who's good at being her boyfriend which is so true because like he has his podcast every week and like she comes up every week but he's very so like precise about how he talks about her or brags about her and you didn't see that from anyone else all of her other boyfriends were just kind of like I think they were trying to act cool about it and Travis is like I don't have like this is cool and I'm gonna fanboy hard like the man wanted to give her a bracelet with his number on it like he was not afraid to shoot a shot and he the level of confidence she has she needs someone who can match it or be comparable and not threatened by it I and I I cannot remember exactly where it was but she has literally come out and said that like men that are threatened, like she, if, if someone is threatened by her in a relationship, like it's never going to work. And I think it, I, that wasn't the right context, but she has come out and said something like that, where she's had past partners that feel threatened by her success. And I mean, it, I can imagine that it would be very hard to be with Taylor Swift because she is extremely successful and <laughs> everybody loves her. But the fact that Travis Kelsey is, has had, wild success on his own he's clearly and like one of the best tight ends out there and he has this podcast that like he he has enough endeavors going on himself and he can come in and be like I'm gonna take the back seat like he wants Taylor to be the center of attention which to your point is exactly what we haven't seen with past relationships and I think I I don't want to I mean I love actors I'm such a theater kid but I do think there's a little bit of that like he has the confidence to just be Travis Kelsey and let her be the shining star Whereas some of these actors in the past were dealing with probably a lot more insecurities than we even realized that didn't allow them to let Taylor be the star that she needed to be. And she's so fun. And I feel like anytime you saw her in public with any of the other guys, she was so reserved and just not, I don't know. I just feel like she's unapologetically herself. And I have never seen that from like, literally from a paparazzi view. That's how we're seeing these images. Um, I don't even think she would have made the line change about the guy on the Chiefs if it had been a different guy. Like, I think she's feeling so 
comfortable and in love. I mean, she's had many songs during the surprise songs that have been like her basically saying to the crowd, like, guys, I this is a special one. And yeah. I don't think she's had those type of like, I don't think she's wanted to be that open in past relationships, at least from what I've seen. I almost feel like she wasn't allowed to. I think, yeah, you know, like a possible guy, like any of the other guys she's been with could have been like, I don't want this public because yes. then it's going to, you know, because anything that she says is going to be a headline. And I feel like they have just, like Travis and Taylor have just embraced, like, we're headline worthy. Yes. Like, this love yes. worth being a headline. Yep. I know. I love that. With them. And yeah. I love that we were all so, like, I feel like when this began or whenever we, like, the public found out about it, I feel like collectively as Swifties, we were excited for her, but we weren't going to go trash Travis if it didn't work out for any reason. I mean, I feel like some Swifties would, if if something came out that was like, well, yeah, if he did something shady, but like in the beginning, if they were just oh, talking, yeah. no one really knew if they were dating or if this was just mm-hmm. a publicity thing. Like we all were hoping that it was the yeah. real deal, but I feel like it, I don't know, just it happened so organically. And I feel like them being so, I mean, realistically open, they're yeah. not sitting down interviews but they're letting the public see what's going on well and I think Travis has been extremely open like the even the fact that he yeah. like not admits it but like Jason will ask something about like how does it feel to be the guy on the Chiefs or whatever and he's totally yeah. in for it like he wants to talk about the relationship yeah I think we should do our favorites really really quick that's per- why don't we just do our favorite Taylor Swift song at the moment and then call it a day that's really good, Susan. That is really good. <laughs> Do you um, want me to go first? I'll go first. I mean, favorite of the moment. Oh, I, I okay. I have my favorite of the moment. I think Fearless might always be like very, very top for me. Just I cannot help but like be in the best mood when I put on that song. And so I think Fearless is always like the very top. But since 1989 Taylor's version came out I've always loved clean but hearing clean and her voice now is like chills so I think clean has been my song my song of the moment I love that mine is gonna surprise you and it's is it over now because when we were talking about the vault tracks you said that that was one of your favorites and I was like no and now it's all I listen to the vault tracks always take some warming up too yeah because we're not used to them we haven't heard them before Yep. Is it over now? I really like that one. It goes so hard. Yes. You guys know the drill. Leave a review or like and subscribe depending on what platform you're at. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening.